0: Hello and welcome to the next episode of Lost in Criterion. I'm John Patrick Oatari dorgan and with me, as always, is a man who actually has a receiver in his elbow, but it only gets Fox News.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, I'm Adam Glass, and I really, I paid extra for it, is the real problem. <laughs> but then they tuned, uh, they tuned it wrong. Oh. They tuned it wrong. Um, <laughs> was, it, what, was it, what actress, was it it's, Carol it's... Burnett who had that
0: joke about having the receiver in her in her teeth? Who was it? Or Maybe re-
1: I don't remember. Um, I was I was talking about this movie with uh, with a friend of the show, Jonathan Hape, uh, and and he brought up the uh, the Will Ferrell starring SNL sketch about the the car for crazy people that ends with. It's the, I have a radio receiver in my fingernail, car. Um, <laughs> But uh but other than that I can't it might have been Carol Burnett. Anyway.
0: Yeah, I think um, it I think it the was.
1: problem was getting uh. the problem with only receiving Fox News in my in my elbow receiver is that Fox News is a cable network, so I have to be constantly plugged in.
0: Right, well and then and then and, there's uh, also the subscription fees, it's a mess. Right,
1: right. It's it very my, it wasn't
0: Carol Burnett. Yeah. I don't think it was because like when I search for it, it doesn't I don't exist. know. Who was it?
1: I really have no now idea. Now it's
0: bothering me like a lot. Oh, oh yeah, no, it's Lucille Ball. Lucille Ball yeah, joke about the, it, yeah, where she talks about her feelings being actually connected to a oh, spy yes, network. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that's what it was. Man, why did I think? Well, never mind. But the point is, you you get that, you have that, but you get it through your elbow, and it's Fox News.
1: Pat, before we get to this week's movie, I want to talk about our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Lost in Criterion. If you want to support us, keep us doing what we're doing, head over that way. For just a dollar a month, uh, you get some 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 bonus content. Uh, we do a non-Criterion movie over there every month. And $1 a month, supporters not only get access to the current episode and the entire back catalog, but get to vote on what movie we're going to watch. I put together a little list, usually based on something we've watched recently or something in the news recently, just something on my mind. Sometimes I let uh, users, uh, other supporters, suggest uh, lists as well. And Those uh, have usually been really y'all good. Y'all vote on it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, they have been. Uh, Adam uh done a often, lot of things. Really often that's better than what we come lists. up with, frankly. Oh, certainly better than what we come up with. Mostly because his his uh, lists are designed to get us to watch Eclipse movies instead of uh, right um, uh, Criterion, which is like a backdoor. door. Uh, anyway, um, every month, uh, the nineteen ninety six children's movie Kazam, in which Shaquille O'Neal <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal, I almost said, <laughs> I like it. In which Shaquille I O'Neal, O'Neal, it's, it's plays like
0: some weird like uh, Genie. Veggie Tales version of Shaquille O'Neal.
1: Yes, Shaquille Peel. He's just a... He's he's not even a full banana. He's just he's a banana a, peel. the
0: peel of a banana, yes. It's kind yes, of a nightmare, yes. actually. Um,
1: and it's just... It's very tall and good at basketball. Um, not so good at acting. Uh, he's fine in it. Like, anyway, he's in
0: a garbage part. Let's be he clear. Is, he, is, he is him. in a
1: garbage part and does his best. Uh, but, yeah. Um... a month gets you access to those bonus episodes. Uh, We already mentioned Will Ferrell once this episode. uh, Yeah, we did. let's do it again. The very worst movie we have ever watched for one of our Patreon bonus episodes is Will Ferrell's Kicking and Screaming. Yes, it uh, is. It was a nightmare. On a month... On a month where we were nominating films with the same title as Criterion movies, uh, Will Ferrell's "Kicking and Screaming" One and Out, and it is the worst. Movie <laughs> it I is. It scene. is.
0: It is physically and emotionally painful to view.
1: In the in the words of Noah Bumbach, who uh, who directed the "Kicking and Screaming" that is in the Criterion collection, uh, Will Ferrell has made a lot of very good movies. None of them were called kicking and screaming. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: Uh, but yeah, uh, we've also watched uh, some really great movies. Uh, you know, from from Adam Speakerman's suggested list, we went with uh, uh, The Best Years of Our Lives, post-World War II film, very early post-World War II film, uh, two film to, uh, dealing with PTSD. Uh, we've seen uh, Louis Moll's God's Country, a documentary on... Uh, rural Middle America uh, during the Reagan administration. Um, outside of his suggestions, we've done things like Dog Day Afternoon and the Americanization of Emily and Aliens, which is one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. Yeah, uh, with our with our friend Donovan Hill, uh, just ranting for hours uh, about a movie he hadn't seen. Um, it it, it was delightful. it was truly, truly beautiful. Yeah. So that's just $1 a month at patreon.com slash Lost and Criterion. For a little bit extra, we like to thank those people on air. So our $5 a month supporters, Adam Speakerman and Kevin Little, thank you so much for your continued supports. A little bit above that, we do something that I think is really special. Uh, Pat makes a piece of art based on one of the movies we've watched recently, and I get it printed up on a postcard. Write a little thank you note and mail that off. That's for $10 and above supporters, and we'd also like to thank them on air. So thank you, Jason Westhaver and Michael McGrath, for your continued support at that level. Yes, thank you. So this week, we are talking about Clean Shaven. It's a 1993 film directed by Lodge Kerrigan. Um, Kerrigan does, uh, apparently does a lot of movies like this. Moving forward, his... uh, his uncomfortable closeness to characters at the edge of uh, edge of society is a thing that Kerrigan does. Um, we will not see any other Kerrigan movies <laughs> as part of the Criterion Collection.
0: A thing that we will never uh, get to know.
1: Yeah. But apparently this is kind of his thing. Uh, this one stars Peter Green, uh, who would go on to co-star in uh, Pulp Fiction, among other things. Um. Uh, As a character named Peter Winter, who is schizophrenic, and searching for his daughter, uh, it's an intense movie. Yes, it <laughs> is.
0: Wowzers, is it intense? Um, yeah. But like, I mean, just to get off, just to get off on the right foot, like sometimes I'm not a a huge fan of intent of this kind of movie. We've had ones that were really yeah. Um, I thought this one was really very very well done. Uh, it 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 plays with a lot, it, it, it presents a fundamentally disturbing, but also, um, I, I can't think of the word, uh, a a character that we're able to empathize with, you know what I mean? Like, he's, it, it's very easy to build characters in this sort of scenario that are just fundamentally like, the the audience can't connect with them even a little bit. And, Right. No the, obviously there are there are problems connecting with him just because like the movie actively tries to make it difficult to actually actively tries to make it difficult to be in the movie.
1: There are there are a couple of ways that mainstream movies deal with people suffering schizophrenia. And usually they are either violent like taxi driver Yep. Or they are the misunderstood genius like a beautiful mind. Yes. Now beautiful mind, of course, was based on a true story, but the film itself does a lot to gloss over the more messy bits right. of his psychological state. In order to paint him as the misunderstood genius. And and, and certainly it was a genius. He just also did a lot of terrible shit. <laughs> That the movie does not really deal with, <laughs> right? Uh, but um, this movie, uh, this movie just—it forces you to understand the character's mindset. Yes, through its audio, through its sound design and its visual design, we get into his head. Yes, we absolutely do, uh, and
0: and it's not even in what one of the things I do enjoy about like enjoy is a weird word to choose here um about it is that it doesn't do any of it doesn't it deals with that and it, it deals with getting us into that place more by making us experience a thing rather than just trying to show us like you know what i mean like the sort of like the trope is like that you always encounter in these kind of movies is like essentially realized hallucinations where like a person is just like, the audience is shown a thing that's not real. And then just a a hyper unreliable narrator is generally what you're, you're provided with when you're dealing with something like schizophrenia. Uh, It doesn't do that to us. It it doesn't present us with alternative realities. It just literally just hits us with shit that just doesn't make any sense. Like just a lot of visual and audio garbage that we have to like try to pick through. Uh, which which right. puts he's, us in an interesting he's,
1: mindset. He's having consistent and repetitive auditory hallucinations that we're hearing, right? But the way they're dealt with isn't, you know, it's 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 not like he's seeing visions of his daughter, which a, which a lesser film might have done, absolutely, right? where where he's constantly seeing her. Um, now that. Uh, it, that is not to say that, say the the girl with the football, with the soccer ball, rather. Um, I think the movie sort of leaves it up to interpretation whether or not she exists.
0: Well, I and mean, there's, I mean, yeah, it, this this movie, uh, in any movie that does this, is leaves you with this problem, right? Yeah. Because now, certainly, the detectives hunting him for some certainly. reason.
1: Right, but the detective's hunting him because of uh, because he was staying in the hotel where the one body was found. Right, that's the the correlation that the detective makes.
0: Absolutely, but Um, but we are we're put in a position as an audience where he's also clearly either did or hallucinated beating a child. Right, like I mean, like and we don't know. We really really just have we have no way to know what the truth of the matter is because well, yes wanna, the detective well, I want to talk about Okay,
1: go ahead. I want to talk about the nitty-gritty of that scene. And and at least how I remember it happening. So so maybe this is this is my own cognitive disabilities playing up. Ball hits the car. Yeah. He stops the car. Sees the girl. Yeah. Gets out. Off-camera, we hear thumping, and we hear a girl yelling. Yes. But they are not blood-curdling screams.
0: They are pretty rough. They are not
1: screams that any... They are rough, but they are screams that no human nor animal in the vicinity reacts to. And we see dogs, and we see people not reacting to them. He comes back on camera, gets directly into the front See, seat. See, I don't remember the home.
0: dogs and the animals not reacting to it. Like, all I remember is like, they, a picture of the car. Like, we're just in the car the whole time. And there there's are, nobody else there. Are there are a couple
1: of dogs behind a fence, and there's at least one person. See, I don't remember the person. During that sequence. I, I do. Um, and again, I might be misremembering, but I am almost certain that that is fair. That is true. Um, anyway, then he gets back into the front seat of the car and drives off and a scene or two later, we see him get the package out of the back seat, which he never got into during that scene. Right. He never puts anything into the back seat after the girl. So while, while there are narrative bits, feints to suggest that the detective is on the right case and that the detective's, uh... Surprise in the final scene, uh, or, or not quite final scene, but at the end of the movie, the detective's surprise at what's in the bag uh, should be shared by many an audience member. I think if we're actually paying attention, there is there is less to suggest that.
0: Here's what I'm going to say about that, though. Okay, Just because I want to bring it up, is that by and large, everything I read about this acknowledges that we don't like multiple things that talk about this movie talk about it as though he did beat a child you know what i'm saying like yeah. i'm not saying i'm not saying that that's the answer i'm saying that like we there is enough there that like people interpret the movie that way like a a, a fairly decent swath of humanity Like I'm not. I don't. I don't. It's just. It's just a lots weird thing people. because, like, it's lots of
1: people read the movie that way. I, I I admit that, and I admit that it's it's the filmmaker wants us to wants the audience, at least some part of the audience, to think that this man has committed an act of unforgivable violence. Now, whether or not he actually beat the girl. Whether or not the girl actually exists, I think are still absolutely.
0: they're still a for interpretation.
1: The possible, um, the, the possible questions of the movie, because there's so much. Now, schizophrenia is is in a lot of ways defined by auditory hallucinations, less so than visual hallucinations. Visual hallucinations are part of it, but auditory hallucinations, in my understanding, are are the principal part. Right. Right.
0: Good news. Um, uh, I did just watch the scene over again while we were talking, yeah. and it yeah. is you. You are both right and wrong. There is okay. a dog. Where am I wrong? But okay. during this, the beating scene, the literally the only thing we see is a dog and a cat, and the but and the screams are okay. pretty blood curdling. They are pretty all right, intense. All right. <laughs> like they are, they okay. do sound like a as close as you're going to get an actress to sound like a. That they're being She's being beaten beat to death. Yeah. um, it, And, uh, yeah, so it, you do see a person later, but it is after he has started driving again. Okay. Which, which given the fact that, like, we don't have a consistent time – this movie doesn't have consistent time passage. We don't – like, even literally, like, as he's – we hear the beating, and then he gets in the car. We don't actually know that, there, that no time – additional time passed during that, just because we were, again, also very unreliable narrators here. I, I, I'm i just can saying, you, it is possible that question? He...
1: Was I right that he... Was I right that he doesn't get into the back seat at that sequence? No. At
0: that point? I, I interpret it as, like, we have an invisible jump cut. Like, a, like we... He... There's the beating, yeah. and then we stare at, like, a couple random shit. Like, there's a bunch of... Like we see some different brick walls, and then he gets in yeah. the car. So, like i i my so my interpretation possible. is that there's there's multiple options right like he either did do it and and the it is literally actually the same person, and the detective just can't find enough evidence to get anything on it. That is one possibility another possibility is that he did do this thing and but it's just a different child than what the detective's after. A third possibility is that it is all just pure hallucination, and that like the detective's just totally on the wrong path 100% you know what I mean like we have a wide spectrum of possibilities is all I'm saying like we and we can't we can't know we just we can't we're not, pres- we're not presented with a, a a movie that can that is solvable that way um, right all we do right. know is that the detective um, even if the, the one way or the other the detective does not have what he needs to like actually make this case one way or the other
1: um, and becomes dangerously obsessed with making the case one way. Yes, the that, other. absolutely.
0: He very he very much Moby Dick's it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um. <laughs> Man, this movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, but um, but I mean, like the movie. But when we start talking about the point of the movie, right? Like, what are are the... Right. It is a rough movie, but the point of the movie... The point of the movie.
1: I think the point of the movie is just... Every narrative that deals with someone outside of the mainstream... uh, With any amount of sympathy. The point of that narrative is, at least in part to get us to sympathize with people like that. Right, right, absolutely. Um and that's that's true of any again, any any character outside of whatever mainstream accepted is. Um, and the way this one's presented We are definitely sympathetic to him, particularly in his interactions with his daughter, which are really quite sweet, even when he is earnestly telling her about uh, how he had to dig a radio transmitter out of his finger, and will later try again to get the receiver out of his head. Yes. Um, (laughs) uh, (sighs) But his interactions with her are actually really, really quite sweet quite heartfelt you know he buries her in the sand do they have fun at the beach and yes he kidnaps her and yes she's got her own problems clearly and his mom has her own problems clearly yeah um uh which perhaps falsely suggest a definitive genetic
0: right component which we 100% to schizophrenia
1: which we cannot do because, (laughs) uh, schizophrenia is, uh, is such a, there are people, you know, the the production company here is called DSM three, uh, you know, named for the diagnostic and statistical manual of mental disorders. Um, third edition, which was the current edition, uh, when the movie came out, I think it's, uh, the third edition do, is uh, one of the ones I where on.
0: be, where is is third edition one of the ones where uh, oh boy oh boy pretty <sighs> yeah, sure that's the, one uh, of the ones where things like homosexuality sexuality is still listed as a uh, mental disorder mental disorder
1: yeah um I'm not I'm not sure yeah, if yeah, I'm not three sure where are changed those that yet I'm not sure when three first went into production um but possible uh, anyway um a very interesting thing uh. The Criterion essay written by Dennis Lim, who is the director of programming at the Film Society of Lincoln uh, Lincoln Center, and uh, also wrote a book uh, called David Lynch, The Man from Another Planet. Um, he's, uh, he's talking about this movie uh, as, as sympathetic to, to our main character, to Peter. Uh, and he finishes the essay with this paragraph that I want to quote in full. Uh, quote, in the Politics of Experience, the Scottish writer and psychiatrist R.D. Lange, who advocated therapeutic communities instead of conventional treatment and hospitalization for so-called schizophrenics, reconsiders the etymology of the term, coined by Eugene Ble- uh, Bleuler in 1908 from the Greek group Schizo and Phrenos, and generally translated as shattered mind. But Lange offers an alternative definition of phrenos, soul, or heart. A schizophrenic is in the sense one who is broken hearted, he writes. And even broken hearts have been known to mend if we have the heart to let them. Um, and and Lynn closes by saying, to lodge Kerrigan's great credit, Clean Shaven is a film that shares that philosophy of mending that broken heart by having the heart to lend to the mending. Um, Lang's idea that uh, therapeutic communities um, could uh, could help is very interesting, um, particularly, uh, I think about uh, the great great work that has been done uh, for dementia patients in therapeutic communities, and people you know living you know people being allowed to live a semblance of a normal life among each other. In a place that is supportive of that and supportive of them, as opposed to interfacing with a public that does not understand who they are and what their issues are and how to how to be compassionate to their issues, even if they are interested in being compassionate to their issues, which generally people are not, uh. You need to be in a situation where people understand how to be compassionate to those issues, right? Right. Um, now, in such a community, it could get interesting in that you know, certain sufferers may not be compassionate to the issues of other sufferers. But uh, I think I think Lang's Lang's idea on treatment is something you know that uh, that certainly. <laughs> We need to see more of, and and certainly Peter in this movie has not got, not gotten that. Well, I mean sort of that's and
0: that's right? the, the the fundamental crux of it, right? Is that like a, a a problem with movies that deal with um you know mental disorders and a lot of other other um, topics in this sort of vein is that without becoming magically a science fiction movie. It can almost never show you what the world can be. It can only show you what the world is.
1: <laughs> but this movie does show us a little bit about what the movie can be. He well, starts to so... get that community of hope in his interactions with his daughter. right? But, and but... his daughter seems to be suffering similar issues, so...
0: Yeah, I mean... Well, maybe not the... similar issues, i do I don't, I don't know herself. that that's necessarily true about the daughter. I think we may be over-interpreting, like the fundamental nature of a, of a, of just a child. Um, she, a quiet, depressed
1: child. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, her not life always. is not, not is always not awesome. indicative
1: of deeper issues. Yeah.
0: Like it's, it's sometimes right? like a child is just a child in a bad place, which means like, they're not going to be like what we, we, uh, it within sort of what's considered sort of right. mainstream society view as what a child should be. Right.
1: Also and, certainly true. Yes.
0: So like, He he. On the other hand, like he does get He does get a kindness of interaction in that situation. But I mean, it's it's far. It's far. It's a far cry from like you know a a therapeutic community. It's it's literally a person who has just decided not to be runaway terrified of this other person. Like you know what I mean? Like she's she's nice to him, but like she essentially. I mean, there's a whole other issue with like. The fact that like this is your kidnapper who just tells you her you're his, you know he's your dad and like you're that's a whole that's a whole other thing. But um, yeah, she's also fair. Fine. She does, I mean she she does
1: actually have no reason to believe him,
0: right? And 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 she does ultimately seem to, or at least gets along with him well, uh, which is yeah. nice. But like, let's be clear here: he's having a good day. Like. <laughs> I I don't like Peter we've seen m- much more extreme versions of Peter within yes. the the within this movie and and probably interactions with what he knows to be his daughter is sort of helping him be you know helping him interact in a really calm way but like we also know that he can will literally try to tear his fingernail off if it if necessary. Like, you know what I mean? Like we
1: Yeah. It,
0: and so you're you're left with the the movie does the movie doesn't tell you the world is gonna be alright. Like, you know what I mean? Like it presents you with a problem that everybody sees almost immediately as soon as the movie starts, which is how does a person like Peter have an have have a normal relationship with his daughter because yeah he had a great day with her, but if they spent a week together, would every day be a great day together right you know what i mean and that that's a problem that like as a society we have to deal with right is like how do we ensure that everybody is getting the sort of best possible version of their life right and and something like a therapeutic community is a is a for sure an answer to that it's just this is not an answer right like you know what i mean like oh well if we put them with their daughters though everything will be all hunky-dory it's like well we know as a society that that is not true like we've that had that has that's a thing our society regularly does because we have a shit system for figuring out that people need help uh so lots of people don't get it and lots of people do end up living with their family members who have uh mental mental disorders and and that doesn't usually go super great you know what i mean it can it doesn't have to not go great but it is usually not awesome like you know what i mean it's it's especially you know when one of them is a child and and is not aware of what needs to be done to make sure that everything is going smoothly right like a child is children are interesting that way in the sense that they are oblivious to the realities of the things that the adults in their lives actually need from them right yeah like they just are like they they just they have no idea um and while they do bring a uh, a lot of joy and can also help help their parents by by their sheer existence that's sometimes just not enough like parents still need actual actual right. help you know um and, and the, yeah. the the movie is just interesting that way because it it, it just shows you. It, it kind of just gives you almost a sort of it, it ends in a in a killing, but like it is essentially just sort of a slice of life for this person as they try to get the thing that they want to have, right, which is a
1: relationship okay. with their daughter. Uh, right. And this is, you know, this is the story of a schizophrenic with zero support structure whatsoever, you know, um, living the fringe of, you know, minimum wage America. Um, and is the detective actually a police officer? I feel at one point he says he's not the police, he's yeah, a detective. he says
0: that he's a detective. I have. Well, he does get into is a that, morgue. Is that him? So that's that's a
1: thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, is I that, feel like is that a suggestion? Is is he a private investigator of some to some extent? Is I thought he about just that. Another possibility is he, or is doesn't. he actually a police officer?
0: Well, we're putting a couple different options. I feel like he does interact with somebody who seems like an official police type person at some point, like really early on. Because like, isn't he crouching around the body, pulling a classic like? 80s and 90s. Oh, yeah, TV yeah, detective yeah. shit with another detective.
1: Yeah, the, the other beginning. guy's just taking pictures, though. I mean that's true. Um, I mean, that's not evidence. But I'm they saying that. Like, they move the body, and there's no reason. There's no reason that they should be the first responders on this scene if if he is just some random. Pi- MPI on the trail right. There were there, there
0: theoretically, if a PI, be on there the trail be of a child body out in the or... field, by the time he gets involved. Right. But uh, right, I, right. I assume he's a detective, like a real detective, like a police detective. Yeah. Um and that when he says that he's trying to put her at ease, that like, oh, I'm not the kind that, of police that who was shows my up and you for drug in a interpretation of it in the moment.
1: Right. That was my interpretation of it in the moment as well. I just uh I wasn't real sure what the movie was trying no, to No, I I also I agree don't with see that a lot. it, of, is, it was I had a, lot a of similar structure here actually that's that's not entirely true we don't see a lot of uh societal infrastructure except for power lines the the power lines that the movie keeps showing him passing under in a way to suggest without him ever actually saying that that one of his beliefs is that the power lines are choking the world right? yeah yeah
0: exactly i mean it or at um, least or at least in some way like our na our negative right like it 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 shows us things to let us know the things he cares about without – which is nice actually because like we don't – other than him talking to his daughter a little bit, we don't have to listen to this actor's interpretation of what a schizophrenic person describing their – what their mental disorder is. Like we don't have to deal with that which is a great thing for a movie to do because – yeah. Those are always bad scenes. They're just, they just always are. Right. It's never a good thing right. when you're like, "Oh, I gotta Instead, make sure my get, dumbass audience knows what's going on." Let me lay it out for them.
1: We get, we get a movie where there is barely any on-screen dialogue, and most of the talking we hear is staticky interpretations of uh, radio waves from you know outside of the narrative. Anyway, right? Yeah, you know if he actually heard these things on the radio or in person it doesn't matter because the way his mind is interpreting them are as voices coming out of the static right um
0: well, yeah one of the the interesting uh, oh say sorry, sorry go ahead like it i i find it interesting no, that, ahead, the one, ahead, that the please. one thing that they feel a need to to actually telegraph to us is when he's talking to his daughter is about the transmitter and the receiver and i think that yeah. that is because and I, uh, who knows? I mean, I don't know the actual answer, but I think that's the one thing when you're watching him do it, you can't fully comprehend exactly what his motives are. Like, right. when he's covering up windows and mirrors, oh, yeah. like, it's very easy to figure out what's happening here. Uh, when he's dealing with the radio and all that, it's fine. The issue is more that, like, it's hard to dissect the difference between he's trying to get a transmitter and a receiver out, and he's... Suffering from some other mental disorder that's forcing him to just scratch himself relentlessly, right? right? right. Like, which is a because is he a does whole other he thing. does scratch it's just a his thing, yeah. Like, he, and and he so, does scratch his shoulder, yeah, a lot, to, yeah. And I thought, and I originally interpreted lot. that he thinks there's something there, but then that's not the case. So I don't.
1: Yeah, but he never actually tries to dig anything out of that. Right, bit so it's of his it's, shoulder that he keeps rubbing.
0: I feel like they, the reason they have to tell us that is just because that's the one thing that you can't just
1: get, right? Like, yeah.
0: that has to be explained yeah. at some point, and I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh And his daughter's an interesting choice, because she's literally the only person he talks to, basically, so... Well,
1: he's it, got his mom too, but she's not really interested in talking to him ever. Well, exactly. She, um, she's
0: the only person... It's, it's fascinating, because the movie presents his daughter as the first person who has listened to him In a very long time. Who has just, has just innocently and honestly sat there and listened to him describe what he thinks is happening. Uh, And 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 it's, it's like, it is actually a really meaningful scene in a lot of ways because she's not, we don't, we get zero judgment. You know what I mean? She just listens to it. I don't even know if she says anything. Uh, I don't think she does.
1: Well, she, she, she replies, responds. Like, she says somehow, like a radio.
0: Yeah, exactly. But her, her her answer, her response is not predicated, is not dependent on belief. You know what I mean? It is more of a, a child trying to understand what a transmitter and receiver is, right? Like, those are not inherently known concepts to a child, right? Like, you know, uh, so it's more showing that she understands more than anything else. Right. I just think it's interesting because he interact. We, we kind of, by having that scene there, it makes it even easier for us as an audience to understand, to interpret and understand his situation in the sense that literally there is no one else who will listen to him in his life. Basically. Right. Like there's not like the only, basically the only person he talks to is his daughter. And that's, you get the impression because of the way it's presented that like this is the first person who's actually just listened to him talk about things in probably a pretty right. long time, it feels like.
1: Right. I'm also you know Yeah. One reason I uh I asked whether or not we thought the detective was really uh an officer of the law. Yeah. Um is that I, I, I think about the many instances of, uh, of people in deep need of psychological intervention. Uh, where family or strangers on the street think that they are doing the right thing by calling 911. 911. And 9-1-1's response is to send a police officer who then feels threatened. Right. Absolutely. It happens or escalates the situation. Yeah, And this is something that does happen quite regularly. We could name names. Um, and I think about where the movie actually plays into that with a librarian who doesn't want to say and won't say that he was violent but is still very intent on saying but he felt like he could be. And it's not it's not just the detective deciding on his own that this guy has to be guilty of these child murders circumstantially. It is also that this woman said he was violent even though she says well not really violent but i felt like maybe i was definitely his scariest moment of my life but and it's her lack of compassion in a situation but she still she thinks she's doing the right thing by him and by other people around him right she thinks she's getting him help right and so often, it's not complete strangers, but it's actually family members.
0: Well, but, you know, we end up in a—we're we, we we're in a society where we're—the whole structure is a little bit problematic, right? Because there's right. no reason that that—while that statement is fundamentally problematic in and of itself, a, a fundamentally just society would also not deal with—the the, the follow-up step would not be what it is usually, Right. Where, where that person, where, where, that you know, where, you know, if you, if you, how do I explain? It? Like, where, where I'm trying to go with this? That, that that statement, that that idea, is problematic. Yes, in and of itself, right? Um, but part yeah. of what makes it problematic is the fact that we acknowledge that if you call nine one one and tell them there's a person that is, seems to be having some sort of psychological difficulties, and they're they are they feel threatening to you. They're, the automatic response is a to send police because we literally lack any other tools other than this fucking hammer. Uh, you you know what I mean? Like there is no there is no group that is meant to deal with this very very common phenomenon, right? Right. In and of itself, that's dedicated um, to this purpose, right? We, we, if you if you cut your arm off on accident. And you call 911, they will send the fucking paramedics. Right. If you call 911 and your house is on fire, they will send the, the fire department. And, again, also probably the paramedics and the police will also show up because, you know, there's sort of a knock-on effect there, right? Um, but they're yeah. probably the police are not going to be there with the idea that they're going to shoot somebody, generally speaking, right, if they do show up. yeah. Um, but Hopefully. if you call about this sort of thing, the only, the only tool in the toolbox – is a thing that is men- is fundamentally the state-sanctioned tool of violence. Right. You know what I mean? Like, oh, well, all we, um, what do you want me to send? The thing that shoots things?
1: Yeah, sure, we'll send that. That's what we have. So, um... <laughs> like, that's the tool we have. So two things bouncing off that. One, there's a, a really great documentary from a couple years ago called uh, Peace Officer, um, which... Uh, explores a a gentleman who's a former police officer, uh, who established the SWAT team in his community back in the seventies. Uh, and, uh, it is an anti militarization of police and an anti police escalation documentary. Uh, his son-in-law, um, had a psychotic episode. Uh, that escalated into a domestic violence in, incident uh, and then him locking himself in his truck in the driveway of their car, which led to a police standoff that ultimately led to the SWAT team breaching his vehicle uh, and killing him. And from that incident and and other incidents of... Uh, of uh, police escalation uh mm. in his community and in local communities uh he he comes to advocate against SWAT teams against militarization of police uh because it is you know you've got to you've got to use those tools right right and well, I mean, and tools the, the
0: further you militarize the it the more use. it becomes literally just a hammer that has no other skills other than right. to do what hammers do yeah. like a man with a gun is inherently dangerous a, a man with like a fucking tank is 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 multiple right. like magnitudes of, of uh, difference more dangerous right and more willing to use right. his tank
1: right so um but another another thing that that makes me think about um on a on a more positive note um one of the organizations i'm involved with in columbus is called bread uh, bread's an acronym, acronym and i can't for the life of me remember what it stands for right now uh b-r-e-a-d though uh, it is an interfaith uh, public uh, advocacy group um, and bread uh, decides on areas they want to focus on each year two or three Uh, does the research to find the best ways to solve the problems that they've talked to community members about, Um, and then finds who in the county they need to talk to to get those uh, programs initiated and funded. Um, So, for instance, with uh, one of their long-time multi-year programs, uh, has been an advocacy for uh, municipal IDs. So they see the problem, and that's that many people in the community cannot afford a state ID uh, or do not have the proper paperwork for a state ID uh, or maybe just either do not have access to that paperwork or can't afford access to that paperwork. Like to get a state ID, you need your original birth certificate right, or a copy from the hospital. Uh, And if you were born in a different state and you're homeless in Columbus, you're not going to be able to get that. No matter if anybody, somebody gives you $25 for the ID or not, you're not going to be able to get it. Yeah, well, like literally
0: somebody would have to do it for you, basically. Somebody would have to take the time to actually make it happen.
1: Right. So they're investigating programs of what we could do to help people like that. Um you know, and Ohio is also a state that requires voter ID requires is an iffy word because they can't legally require it in the state of Ohio, but they ask you for it. And if you can't provide it, you have to vote provincially. Um, uh, and then, uh, uh a few other issues rolled into that. And as they're, as they were investigating ways to solve that, um, they thought about rolling transit cards into the same program and having like a prepay or refillable uh, transit ID as part of the municipal ID and library card programs dealing with that. So they're trying to get the library on board, and code on board, the, the Central Ohio Transit Authority, the bus bus company, um, and, uh, and, you know, city officials on board. And that's, you know, a... They are build, they've been building momentum on that for like three or four years. Um it's a great idea. But that's that I give as an example of the sort of work they do when what I want to talk about is uh one of the programs they're behind this year, which is really great idea, but a sort of less less work on bread's end, uh, because it's such it's such a blatantly obviously good idea. <laughs> and there are no elected officials involved with it, so it's kind of easy to implement. Okay. <laughs> is uh, the, uh, the fire department now is going to uh, allocate the funds. They've been piloting a program with one social worker going out with EMTs and fire department. Now they're going to, uh, to expand that program to get as many involved as they can. Uh, so that when uh, post-fire or post, uh, post-health post interaction, you know, injury interaction with, with EMTs, the social worker can immediately be there to be involved with getting people hooked into the programs they need to recover, hooked into, uh, you know, what amount of... 911 calls in this city are, uh, elderly people or, or, or disabled people who, who can't, are barely functioning on their own and have injured themselves. Well, the social worker now shows up and helps them get involved with the programs that will help them continue to live on their own. Um, and that's, that's part of expanding that community of help, uh, that, uh, that that Scottish writer was talking about, I think, um, to be you know the actual community we're living in, right? And that's it's a good step. Uh, a dedicated community is probably a better step. But at the same time, people people are certainly reticent if they feel like they can still integrate into actual society to be segregated.
0: Absolutely, yeah, um, and that and that's and, and that's not an unreasonable thing. Segregation, segregation
1: of or, of. Yeah. Segregation of those communities is not an ideal goal either, right? Well, and, um, but
0: I mean I think we get back you, – you kind of – you loop back around, right? Like when you look at the program that you were talking about, the, the one very noticeable group that doesn't, at least in your description, have a social work traveling them with them is the people I described as the hammer. Right. You know what I mean, like, right, and that's a very right. important point. The, is that the one group that probably a needs worker. it the most?
1: Yeah, there's, the there's the not a social worker, or a psychologist in the back seat of every police car. Which, um,
0: by all rights, their apps are fucking lootly should be. Like, let's be very clear right, here. There right. needs, and but the reality of the matter is, there beyond that, there probably needs to be something that can be called. That is not because, like, you probably don't necessarily want to call the EMT because, like, there's a you get into this weird sort of situation. EMT, like, those are, that is already a group of people that stretch stretched very very thin. Um, yeah, in terms of medical emergencies, um, the reality of the matter is is that we as a society have failed to create a sufficient number of categories of civil servants who right are capable of responding to what could be can seen that could be considered a societal emergency even if it is not a physical actual emergency where like someone is about to die but like a person having some sort of crisis is is a societal emergency it is a it is a right. thing that as a society we must address immediately and the answer is almost exclusively the thing that the, the the person who carries around the gun all the time and right. has most likely received right. very little training to guide them on identifying a person that maybe doesn't need to be shot. Right.
1: And in many communities, uh, police interacting with uh, particularly schizophrenic individuals are, uh, are tasked with what are called wellness checks. You know, it is part of their job to check in on these people, and it should not be part of their job. It should be part of right. someone else. I think particularly of Adam Tramwell in West Milwaukee. Um, it's an African American, uh, man who was alone in his apartment. He had not committed any crime. Uh, but a neighbor called asking the police to check on him, and they came in for this wellness check, and, uh, Already knowing that Tramwell was schizophrenic, right? They arrive. He's not wanted for any crime. He's not threatening to hurt himself or others, and he ended up dead.
0: Yeah, and that, but that Police shot him. And that, but that—the the problem is, is that is it is shocking for us on a moral level, but it is not a shocking outcome, right? Because, like, right. you don't. For example, like we 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 talk about this. in there's other ways to talk about this without directly talking about the police because we as a society choose to do this a lot right when we we, we want to try to help establish peace in a local in a region on earth who do we send primarily the people with all the Familiar. guns right the people right. whose primary job in this world is to shoot other people now I mean that's that's being reductivist I, I have met many uh, military members who do not do not view themselves that way and do not view their role in society that way. And I think that is understandable and reasonable for them. Um, Yeah. But that being said, when, when the primary tool you've been handed is a thing for killing, there is a tendency to default to using that for its primary purpose, right? Like that thing does not hoe fields. It just will not do that under any circumstances. And that's, the primary task of a tool tends to direct the user in how they ought to interact with society, right? Like if you if you exclusively hand people a bunch of fucking carpenter's tools and be like, "All right, go out and help <laughs> the world." They're probably going to start fucking right. building shit. I would hope. I <laughs> right. hope they're not going to plane somebody to death. Um some of them might because, you know, some percentage of the people in that group will be There'll be something wrong with them that needs to be helped too, right like I mean any group of people right you there is a there is some percentage that is actually in need of help, even among the people who are the helpers right uh so that right. that there chances are yes, you will hand a whole bunch of people a whole bunch of carpentry tools, somebody will get planed to death at some point <laughs> that is a thing that will happen oh. but your death rate will be presumably much lower than if you hand people a bunch of bombs and guns right. Yeah, um, that's just yeah, probably the way it works. Like, it, 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 and and that's I mean, whether you're talking about the military or police or whatever, right? Like you, like oh man, we have an emergency here. Who should we call? Ah, yes, the gun people. Let's call them. I wonder how they will solve this problem. Um, <laughs> I mean, it can yeah. be as simple as it, it can be as simple. It doesn't even have to be relatively a significantly complicated concept. Um, for example. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get real like lovey dovey here for the way my my thus far my interactions with Japanese police, which is they are still very intimidating people, uh, but they are also trained that the gun is the tool of absolute last resort, and like yeah they do not use it. It is very very rare. It like it's like whole country news yes. when that happens. Um. And then like, I think they're put on like they're put on leave, and th- it's a whole thing because like yeah. it never happens. Now they are tra- they are also right. taught judo because the primary way that they're taught to deal with people who are having problems is subdue them, uh, right? As with as little violence as possible. But I mean, right. whereas, I mean my point is, you don't have as American like, police, yeah. American I'm not police, mostly judo uh, experts.
1: Yeah, um, you know their their tools of uh, subduction are uh, a taser, which is how Adam Tramwell was killed, um, right. and how plenty of people have been killed because the taser is not actually a non lethal. Uh, yeah, it's just <laughs> the thing a, that shoots uh, a bunch of electricity like through lethal. a person's
0: body. Actually,
1: a little dangerous. Yeah, yeah. it turns out Tramwell. They tased. He didn't. He didn't die from this directly, mind you. Uh, when they arrived at Tramwell's apartment, he was in the shower. And they uh, ordered him to leave the shower, um, which already is escalation that they don't need to do. Right? right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, then when he when he did not respond, they taste him. Right in a running shower. Oh, Jesus. Like how is So that? okay. Is Among the idea? things
0: we apparently need to to teach our police department is fucking physics. Apparently, they need yeah, to know that yeah. like that's a dangerous item.
1: He he passed out from that but but came to and uh went catatonic um rocking rocking himself in the fetal position instead of again responding to police demands to get out of the bathtub uh when they were called to make sure he was okay right
0: yeah i mean and that and that but that's yeah. like that story is is pretty classic you know i mean that it just yeah. it is though right like it happens. Right. And, and the the reality of the matter is, is, like, did they need to order him out of the shower? No. Right? I mean, like, you're on a wellness check. Like, you can just, like, I mean, if he's, if he's showering himself, you might want to, like, you know, does he respond? Like, there's, I mean, there's, the problem is, is we just, we are not, we are in no way equipped for this. Like, as a society as a whole. Like, we just have never bothered to properly equip ourselves and right. and right. it it does you, yeah you can, you can totally you could totally send the gun people and just make very 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 sure that the gun people know how to not be gun people when they need to uh right. but we also don't do that right like we just that's also just yeah. not
1: we've pretty much established within american culture that uh that very few of us are interested in the gun people not being the gun people
0: right exactly and so we're we're left with like our next best answer is maybe we ought to have some other group that is not the gun
1: people. Yeah. Now there have been communities within the U S where, where things have worked differently and police reform has, has taken a dramatic change to, to policing and to, to how the community interacts and having it more community based. I'm also reminded how recently, uh, the, uh, the Columbus City Government put up a poll on their Facebook page, uh, asking uh, two options for what what uh, responders wanted to see in the next police chief of the city. Okay, a two-option poll: either community-based or. Law and order focused. What, Adam? What? Yeah, Pat.
0: Like, yeah. So what Pat. now? Like, I like. I, what a what a wild like what a wild dichotomy you have to create inside of your head. Like, oh yeah, that, that community not interested in law and order. That's not a thing that they right. they they themselves would want to enact in their own society. So either. You're, it's essentially the poll is do you want do you want fascism or not basically right, <laughs> right like that's essentially right. what the the poll is right like fascism yay or nay right because yeah when you say law and order that's what you mean right that you essentially mean like I and that want an is unaccountable that is always what we mean squad.
1: when we say law and order and has been has been what we've meant when we say law and order for at least the last thirty years yes within U S sure. politics uh, but it is law and order is a dog whistle. For that sort of thing, right? And it is always, it is always uh, that sort of thing directed at minorities, right? Uh, well, it's it just puts it, it or, makes it more
0: obvious when you pair it up against economic, that. like you know what I mean. You're formation. like, oh, would you like, yeah. would you like this dog whistle, they, or or would you by, like to actually be in charge of your own policing and make sure that like by the, pairing the it like that, yeah, it's it's just funny. It's just it's they it's make funny the in subtext
1: a untenably yeah. subtext anymore, right? yeah.
0: It and just, that, I mean, that, the reality the is, is we live now. in that society now, right, where the subtext just sort of, right. just stopped being subtext right. by and large, right. And and there's the, no more subtext. Yeah. Well, what's wild is there actually, is and wow, this is going to go way off book from what we're supposed to be talking about, but is the fact that like, the subtext stopped being subtext, but all the people who have always been pretending it was subtext are still pretending it's
1: subtext, right? Right. Like
0: I've mean, I, I'm, and you, you should just cut all of this but um what's been going on with the um what's his name um the guy from Vox, the um the journalist from Vox oh. and youtube and yeah. and and steven crowder yeah. and that yeah. and like and yeah. it's like no like he was literally just calling him using hate speech and then we're all gonna pretend like that's just air quotes fits into this category of like Free speech that doesn't that can't be it's it's wild. It's just like yeah. no, like you're not using subtext oh, yeah. anymore. You can't walk around just calling people things that violate the terms of service of a website and then all pretend like that's just free well, that's just free speech for you. Like, right. I don't, like wait what? Like all. and then also like you can't like direct yeah. a horde of people to go like harass another person and then be like, Well, just it was just free speeching. And, like no yeah. like you you broke the subtext you you the dog whistle is no longer a dog whistle it's just a general purpose fucking whistle that you're just blowing now like i, I don't know just america anyway so <laughs> to recap
1: yes so to recap yes. all cops are bad abolish the police uh oh, I, punch nazis yeah. and have some compassion for mentally disabled people. I I, I, would,
0: I would like to point out, like, I, I'm not sure I'm on board for claiming all police are bad. Uh, I think all modern iterations ah. of the concept of police are bad. <laughs> like, there is a fundamental... That is, that is an
1: incredibly concept. fine line, Pat. There, but sure, it is, all right. But
0: there is a core fundamental concept that exists in there that is not, like, when... And the phrase is fits into the thing that was paired up with Law and Order, right? Which is like there is an idea yeah. of a community choosing to regulate, like self regulate. And right that is a form of police, right? The problem is is it, it almost exclusively always goes bad, right? One right. need only right. see like one need only read like the fucking scarlet letter to see how that goes <laughs> in a weird direction real quick.
1: Yeah. Well, and, it, then, and then it turns out the turns out the puritans were kind of fascists too.
0: Well, so. but like that's the thing It's like, well, as it turns out, like the problem we end up getting down to is the real fundamental statement here is: is it turns out we're all kind of fucking fascists, right? It, like that, it, like the sort of like right. the weird natural course of communities seems to hedge towards fascism if it gets like. Like as they age, it's like the sort of like life cycle of a community is like well, and then they became fascist. Oops, that's where that headed.
1: Yeah, yeah. Ugh,
0: this has been fun. <laughs>
1: all right, all right. But the other Treecap two points stand at,
0: at, at, at purely as is. Uh, I am just saying. Yeah, definitely, definitely punch yeah. Nazis. Definitely uh, have some compassion. For the people who are obviously right. suffering from from some sort of psychological problem around you, please do not call the police. on uh, them.
1: Yes, but not just obviously suffering from a psychological problem, but Is anybody having a problem around you, from, yeah, yeah,
0: anybody a who's obviously problem. having
1: some trouble, yeah. care about them, just yeah. care about them. Don't, and certainly don't, do not call uh, the
0: police under under no circumstances. Do now, you call the police?
1: No, I don't mean to suggest that you need to you need to help them yourself because you are quite probably not equipped to do so.
0: Yeah. You're probably not good at but, it. It's like, let's, let's just be honest here. Don't you're definitely not good at it.
1: <laughs> Plenty of us are not good at it. That's why we have people yeah, who are I trained. am
0: also not good at it. Like,
1: let's be clear here. Right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this week we've been talking about clean shaven, um, Lodge Kerrigan's 1993 exploration of schizophrenia. Uh, it is just a fascinating and intense movie. Um, we did not explicitly state, uh, but the uh, the scenes where he is actually digging out the transmitters and receivers are, are deeply uh, upsetting. Uh, uh, yes. Deeply upsetting. Also, uh, so uh, is the man,
0: autopsy scenes. That's there's a lot of deeply upsetting scenes, material right, in here.
1: Right, 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 right. The autopsies of of uh, little girls. Um yeah anyway uh next week we'll be talking about um another uh Francesco Rossi film. Uh the last one uh we saw was uh Salvatore Giuliano. I'm never going to pronounce it right even if I want to. Yeah, that didn't go him, well. But, uh, <laughs> the last uh film we saw from him was Salvatore Giuliano. Uh the uh sort of investigation of the slain uh Sicilian Bandit, and next week we'll be talking about uh, political corruption and the mafia in another stance around Naples with Hands Over the City, uh, his investigation of uh, of uh, corruption within community development, which is a, a problem that existed in 1963 when he made the movie and continues to exist. <laughs> it is a weirdly appropriate topic for our podcast in the modern era. Indeed. Indeed. So we look forward to that. Thank you once again for listening to Lost in Criterion. I am, as always, the Adam Glass. With me, as always, John Patrick, or Atari And We'll see you next time. to Lost in Criterion, hosted by John Patrick O'Atari dorgan and the Adam Glass who edits it. We're a production of with Jonathan Hape does the music. Check him out at jonathanhape.bandcamp.com. And hey, if you like us, why don't you give us a review on iTunes, like us on Facebook, and support us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Lost in Criterion. We'd appreciate it.